You're listening to the Horsefest podcast with the founders of Horsefest. I'm Thea. And hello, this is Heidi. Each podcast is dedicated to you and your passion for everything horse. We'll be speaking to elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests, all focused on bringing you inspiration, insights and learning in a way that our horse tribe will enjoy. So today we're joined by Jason Webb, a leading horse trainer specialising in starting young horses under saddle and solving behavioural and ridden problems. Sounds wonderful and we really want to hear more about this. But first of all, Jason, welcome to the Horse Fest podcast. Thanks for having us. Oh, You're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Now, one of the things that we always do on the Horse Fest podcast is find out more about the person behind the expert. So first of all, we want to go back. I know you've lived in England for a while now, but we want to go back to Australia, first of all. And we understand you grew up on a a eye-wateringly 4,000-acre farm in New South Wales, Australia. And you are described as being born in the saddle. So we'd like to hear a bit about your early days horsing around. And maybe there's a first pony. They're always naughty. Is there a first naughty pony that you remember? Oh, I've got all of the above. (laughs) I've got a couple of stories. So 4,000 acres, it sounds big. Um, by comparison to over here but it is it was just a it was a little patch out there and you're you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're you're talking hundreds of thousands of acres out there for some of these farms but wow just to put it into perspective yeah. so it was but it was it we're in a we're, we're near the mountains so it's you know really picturesque and you know we had decent rainfall so we had pretty good ground so it was I just loved growing up there and uh, we had sheep and cattle and because we're on quite, um, we're at the foot of the mountains, it's quite hilly. We used to do a lot of our stock work, mustering cattle and sheep on horses because you couldn't drive vehicles in some of the places. So that's how I learned to ride, sort of lead pony. My dad sort of dragging me up these hills, you know, <laughs> dogs getting sheep and cattle and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was just great fun. And, um, I mean, I did that. All the way through, and I suppose I suppose I can tell you, I've got uh, some neighbours who, funny enough, also webs. So this is, I mean, my yeah, it's it's Tumor's not related. Tumor's a small place. Yeah, <laughs> is all I can say. But yeah, they they are distantly related. But yeah, we're. It's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there's, a, there's a story so there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they say about you know out, out back in Australia or any of those sort of backwaters. We can but, imagine. Yeah. So, but they they had cattle and um, they used to keep cattle up up in a place called Jindabyne, which is literally on top of the snowy mountains. And um, I got offered to um, go up and help drove the cattle drive the cattle from up there so horses driving about 600 head of cattle out of the mountains because it was freezing cold up there um back down onto the onto the slopes where tumut is where i'm where i live and that was one of the best experiences of my life it was cold at the beginning mm. i remember i remember driving a car i had this old chrysler valiant and um i was driving along and suddenly the, there was steam coming out of the front of the car and I was only in my sort of late teens. I didn't know what was going on. It was freezing cold and my my car had overheated. Oh, no. And it was, um, yeah, everything was frozen. The water was frozen. So, yeah, so I blew my car up. And anyway, I, I just learned so much. 
and, and cattle, horses. That was that was what I did. Oh, I it sounds young. sounds pretty magical, actually. It sounds idyllic. I'm sure it was hard work, though. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same as all that sort of thing. That's just what I knew. And it's funny, I've been, you know, I travel out to Australia. Well, I haven't been out there for a while now, obviously. But, you know, I go back out there and I really appreciate it so much more. It's such... It is such a beautiful part of the world. And, um, you know, aside from the droughts and all that sort of thing, which crop up every every sort of decade or so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was tough times, but it was I look back with such fond memories. Um, but, oh, yeah, you asked about a, a pony. Did, yeah. yeah. Is there oh, a memorable one, that first pony? I did. My, my the, the first pony I ever had called Winston. Ah. <laughs> A strong he, name, that's a strong. strong name, yeah. yeah. A leader among horses, <laughs> as all yeah. ponies think they are. Yeah, <laughs> my, this, this pony thought he was anyway. He, he taught us to lead, he'd do his usual pony stuff, and he'd ditch us every now and again and whatnot. Um, but I never forget, you know, he, he doing his little, you know, all ponies have their little tricks. And our back gate, the back gate to the garden, my mum's pride and joy is this small steel gate that it you can open it and it's pulled shut because it's got a weight on it and the weight sort of pulls the gate shut. Oh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, we, were, we, we would wake up some mornings and we'd find Winston in the garden, you know, <laughs> at Mum's Roses and all this sort of thing. So there was hell to pay and um, couldn't work out how he was getting in. We just couldn't fathom it. You know, once there was a gate left open, so we thought, oh, he's sort of done that or he's jumped. Could he possibly have jumped? Anyway, we heard this tapping early one morning and my dad said, hey, kids, come and have a look at this. And we, we raced out the back and we just looked, peered around the corner. You could see him just fiddling with the gate with his nose, tapping it, and then he swung it open, raced through before it slammed shut again. <laughs> and I thought, there you go. Chicken, what a cheap. clever little pony! Oh, they just used to stink hell. But there you go. No, so yeah, we've we've all had those those little ponies that, um, yeah, are testing. But oh. he, he was, I loved yeah. I loved him to bits. He got us going, and and we moved on to horses, and away we went. Oh, amazing! I had a little one called Jester, and he was a Jester. His yeah, trick was getting well out of his head collar. You know, you oh. just used to find the head colour hanging, like, where's the <laughs> pony? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done that before. I've been leading two horses at once. I might have been with Winston as well. It was, I think I remember my dad saying, where's your horse? And I said, I've got them both here. I looked over one shoulder, there's one horse, and Winston wasn't in the other head collar. Oh, no. I, mean, I, I was diddy. I, think, I don't even know whether I actually remember that story. I think I just got it told to me so many times. It's legend. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, no, they're funny little things. They are amazing, aren't they? Give us so much fun. Yeah. Um, and and since you've you've competed across a whole range of disciplines, haven't you? Um, what are highlights? Where have you been? What have you done? Oh, I mean, in Australia, I've 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 dabbled in disciplines. My main my main discipline is polo cross, which is what my dad has done and my grandfather sort of started playing. So it's it's in the family. So that's my main sport. Hmm. But I have doubled in um, camp drafting, which is another Australian sport. Oh, uh, what's that? So camp drafting is where it's a stock skill, basically. You get given a pen of cattle, so there's sort of eight eight or so, you know, steers or heifers, whatever, in, in a pen. You've got to go in and pick the 
pick the steer or the, the beast they're called that you want and you've got to bring it out the front and of course cattle or if, if one of the cows is left to its own out on its own it wants to get back to its mates they'll herding instinct and your job on your horse is to keep it separate for about 10 seconds five to ten seconds and oh. in that in that time you're that the cow's going to try and run run past you and your horse has to be quick to run and block yeah and, and then just change directions and run and block it because it's going to go the other way to try and beat you on the other side so you do that for five to ten seconds and there's people out behind this cow that open the gates out into this big arena so now you've got to push this this cow away into this big arena and you've got like you've you've got to get them to do a figure of eight around two pegs oh blimey <laughs> so you've got to sort of come up the side and guide this this um running cow around one <laughs> around the left and then you've got to bring it back round through uh two other pegs which act like a gate and you've got to put it through the gate so it's like you know, it's it's a test of stock work. You know, when you're moving cattle around and you you've got to put a sick one over there, or you've got to wean the he- or move shift the steers from the heifers. You've sometimes you've got to have a horse that's quick and nimble to be able to block and push that one that way. So that's what it's a test of. So I did a little bit of that. It was it was, it was great fun, but it was it was you know I like a little bit a little bit more longevity to my rides. And this is like, <laughs> this is like a 40 second blast. And I'm like, oh, that was great, but I need more. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it would be amazing for your balance though. Oh, it, it is. All these, <laughs> yeah, these sort of um, stock sports, they, they really are because it's all about, you know, speed to, to, to get to where you need to be and then having that control to stop and turn, you know, quite quickly. So it's, it's yeah, that, that, I love that adrenaline rush. Brilliant, so, brilliant. And, and so I did a bit of that, and then there was polo. Oh, yeah. Mm. A little bit of polo, but, again, not a lot. I mean, you, I think I saw you asked about what are my highlights in these sports, and mm. I'll never forget the first goal I played in polo. I, um, I'm pretty rubbish, I have to say. But so <laughs> the, the ball bounced out my side, and I sort of tapped it along, and I thought, okay, I got one tap. But right, I'm going to wind up for a big swing, and I wound up for a big swing. I thought, why is nobody tackling me? Anyway, I, it, so oh, I, no. I'm, I think I'm going to hit it sort of 30 yards down the field. It goes 10, and then this this carried on all the way down the field, and then and then I could feel someone coming, and I had one tap to go, and I thought, come on, and I just managed to tap it through, and I looked over my shoulder, and I said, well, why didn't you guys tackle me, and you know, or hook me is what they called in polo, uh-huh. and they said. You just look so bad. I swear you're going to miss it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for your feedback. I thought you were going to say, well, there you go. Eh? Don't, don't uh, judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were going to hit it into the wrong goal. No, yeah, no, well, that could have been. That, that, yeah, that could have been. That could have happened. Yeah. So I, no, I, I didn't get much for uh, style on that goal, but, you know, it went through. Excellent, Charles. <laughs> um, yeah, so you got, got the sympathy lack of tackling. Yeah, yeah, I did. They didn't let me do that again, so needless to say, I didn't score again. <laughs> it was great fun. Um, and then I, I've done a little bit of dressage as well, just to, ah. yeah, since I've been in this country, I'm sort of in the sort of dressage, jumping and, you know, that eventing world. And I just figure I've got to, I've got to understand more about this sport because I'm getting a lot more horses to to work with that are going into that discipline so 
done a few tests here and there. They've managed to get the pair of jollies on me. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Had to ditch the jeans. <laughs> yeah, I did get in trouble though because because one of the tests I forgot to take gloves. I thought, oh, so you haven't got gloves on? I said, what? <laughs> oh, okay then that's, I had to scramble around find a set of gloves but anyway it's all good and how was the stuff. plaiting for you I've got a I've got a very good groom <laughs> <laughs> no I can plait I can plait yeah but it, yeah that 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 was the order of the day that day but yeah it would have taken me forever to do that <laughs> brilliant brilliant yeah, i used to have a friend in pony club and he always used to do the mucking out for me and i had to do the scrubbing of the pony and it worked really well it was a good it was a good deal love a trade-off <laughs> like that yeah absolutely yeah it was one it was one of my it was one of my things when you talk about mucking out i set up this i set up my business here and um and i was working away and of course when you when you first start a business you're doing everything so i was mucking out i was three you know i start off with sort of three horses thinking this is not a business how am I ever going to make make ends meet and all this sort of thing it was just crazy and I thought and then things started to go and I thought right my my goal my sole focus right now is to have enough horses to make enough money that I don't have to muck out <laughs> that was my driving force for for the first few years anyway I might managed to get there in the end Excellent. Good stuff. Happy days. Indeed. Very happy. happy. Yeah. And you compete in polo cross now, don't you? You said that it it ran in the family. Um, But but question, how did an Aussie end up playing for the UK? (laughs) I'm going to blame my wife for that one. That sounds fair. Poor Penny. Yeah, no, but, um, well, I I sort of met Penny out. Penny played polo cross as well. Oh, okay. Didn't realise that. Yeah. So um, she was she was touring Australia, and I happened to sort of notice her and tracked her back to England. And and yeah, she's she's managed managed to hold me. Oh, what a <laughs> she, romantic she, she story! Won't, she, won't, she won't say it that way, but um, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. No, I, I was yeah, I was I was drawn anyway. Even even though you get this sort of weather over here. I know. We've summer? been talking about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it's summer and then sometimes it just doesn't know. Yeah, I know. We're, in that, we're in that sort of flux at the moment, aren't we? We are. We yeah. are. And how long have you been playing for UK? Been playing across? Um, a long time, isn't it? Yeah, it has been a little while. I mean, I've been over here for, when did I get here? 2002? So nearly 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I've, I'm nearly more English than I am Aussie. How is that? Oh, wow. I haven't that, really I haven't really clocked that until you just asked that question. That is that, quite scary, isn't that's it? That's quite it's a given, statement. Yeah. It's given yeah. it's given the game away <laughs> on my age as well a bit, but anyway. It is. Um, <laughs> and you did say you've started talking about the weather a lot, so it has yeah, definitely it's really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's I'm, impregnated. I'm, We've impregnated you all over here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm officially a pom. <laughs> Indeed. Now I've got you were just, you were talking to us um, before we started recording the podcast about polar cross. Um and, and how much fun the, the polar cross world is. So uh, yes. take take thirty seconds and sell it to our to our listeners. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty high octane sport, uh, you know, at the top level. But and um, you know, but it's very sort of social sport, which is why I came this way in the first place. Because I, you know, I'm a teenager and I hear they have great parties, <laughs> playing play, playing the sport I love. And I just thought, what could be wrong and sort of like I say 20 years on on the weekend we just had a our first polocross tournament where we're officially able to have a proper party and <laughs> I was just saying to you guys I'm 
I'm still feeling the effects three days on, or three days on whatever it is. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm too old for this now. Anyway, no, it was just, it was just, just need more practice, more practice. <laughs> I can't. I'm just too busy thinking about the weeks ahead now, which is a sign. But it was, it was just so you get in. You know, it was just so much fun, and um, yeah. So, but yeah, you you do pay for that fun. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but polacross. I mean, for me, uh, you know, it's a family sport. So I played ever since. I think I think I started when I was about eight. You know, I was probably, dad was probably dragging me around when I was even younger. But I played by myself first, probably junior game when I was about eight, and you know, I just loved it. It was just that sort of fast, you know, exciting sort of game. It's, it's team sports, which you don't, you know, I mean, you get your partnerships with horses, but you know, this, I've always been involved in team sports when I was younger at school and things. And this, this combined the both best of both worlds, so horses and a team sport and my family were, were fully invested. So, uh, so I've played all my life and, um, you know, obviously came over here and I had to go through the process of, you know, becoming a citizen and doing my time before I could be allowed to play for, for England. And then in 2011, they, they let me play in my first uh, World Cup and I've played in the last sort of three World Cups since. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, yeah. That, they're probably the highlights of, of my career really in terms and, of sporting and horses and things. And where have you come in the World Cups? The, the best we've managed to do is a fourth. That's pretty Ooh. good. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is good. And, and, and the, the World Cups are really interesting format because um, you have a, it's a mixed competition in that a team is made up of a section of men and a section of women. And, you know, your, your totals are put together and whoever has the highest total wins. So it's not like men versus men and women versus women. It's a combination. So, so yeah, it's, it's quite a unique sport in that way. Um, but um, it is, it is yeah, really Really great fun. And the last one, which was held in Warwick in Australia in 2019, it was just, they're just getting bigger and better each year and, um, or every four years, I should say. Yeah. And it is, it was just phenomenal. We had that sort of, you had the big screen replaying the last play of the game down the end and, you know, the, the side of a house, it was as big as that. This screen. Wow. It was, it was just phenomenal. We, you know, being a sort of quite a, a low key or minority sport. It's um, it was just something else to play, play an event like that. So aiming for so twenty twenty three is the next one. Do you know yeah. where where's that? Where could people go and see that one if they're interested? If you want to go out to um, in South Africa, I'm trying Shongweni, Shongweni, just which is just near Durban in South Africa. There's a big equestrian centre out there that could hold it. Amazing. Yeah, Ooh, so that's that where the next one nice. is. Yeah. yeah, South Africa and horses. Not yeah. Sounds awesome. Oh, it's great. But uh, I don't know. It's all a bit, yeah, it's, everything's a bit funny out there at the moment. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. So from the sport that you've been involved in, um, if we come into your work as, in your horsemanship, so you've developed this incredible reputation now, really well known for being able to understand what makes horses tick and um Actually, I'd say you've got a reputation for being really calm and being able to explain as well and, and help with a whole host of behavioural problems. So how have you developed those 
techniques that you now deploy again and again to so much success? I, first and foremost, a lot of time and experience. Mm. But, I, but it, I suppose it all started with my, with my dad, Doug. He, he's, a, he's a great horseman in his own right. And, my, you know, my sister, one of my sisters plays for Australia or has done. So for Polo Cross, she's, and she's a great horsewoman as well. Um, she's really invested in it. Um, so, so my family is probably my, my, some of my biggest influences. But I did, I, I got to a stage in, when you're riding and you, you, you get into a sport or, you, you know, you, you get a focus. So I say, right, in a horse sport, the only way to get better at this is to really understand your horse more and what makes them tick. And so I had this question and why, how, and I, it, I've always had it. My, I used to annoy my dad. He used to, I used to say, he, I'd ask him a question and he'd answer it and I'd say, why? And then he'd, <laughs> and then he'd answer it again. He'd say, why? And it got to the stage, I don't know whether you can say this. He'd say, just be bloody cos. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet boy. So yeah, I've, I've just had an inquiring mind, and I'm just really interested in what, in the psychology behind horses, not just the training of it and all that sort of thing. So, you've got to have that to start with. Do your time. So I, I went to see some Australian trainers. You know, Gerald O'Brien was a was a big influence when I was in my late teens. Um, Steve Brady, you know, loads of different trainers over here that I've I've had a bit of. You know, I've done some um, work with with dressage and different bits of these. I'm just got quite an open mind to sort of why is that? And I reckon I can do that better. And I feel like I'm still learning. And I suppose, you know, you you work with horses and something doesn't work. So you sort of just say, what can I do differently? And I mean, I've just spent my whole life doing that, basically. Fantastic. (laughs) Which Which would drive some people crazy. But, you know, it's just how I'm wired. Yeah, and I, I think the expression that you're still learning that it's full of humility because actually there's different horses, different personalities, different challenges. I know there's some commonality, but if you can keep that curious mind and still learn, it, you can imp- continue to improve, can't you? Even when you've reached a level of excellence. Yeah, and it's funny. Horses will level you. Don't worry about that. Because... Yeah, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. Yeah, in every sense of the word. But you know, I. When I first went out, you know, I was a cocky teenager and I thought I, you know, I came over here and I'll, I'll show you these people how, how to work with horses and stuff. And, you know, you start, you start off with, you can start off like that. And then very quickly I thought, well, this is not how I thought horses. Why doesn't this horse do what my old horse back home does? And, and then you, you work, you get into a bit of a, a flow with, with working with horses or you'll get a group of horses and it sort of works along nice. And then suddenly one horse will come along and you'll go, it's, oh. not, wor- it's not working anymore. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's the difference with me. I handle, I have a high turnover of, of, of young horses and you think you know what's going on. And so that, and they make you, you know, humble because as soon as you go, oh, I can do this or I can do that, you know, suddenly one will come along and you go, Oh, actually, hang on. I've got to take a look at myself and, so you're constantly getting checked and you'll make mistakes and you sort of, you know, you, you learn from those and you keep improving and come up with ideas and yeah. 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 Keep adding. Yeah. yeah keep keep adding. adding. And that's yeah. what I said when I built, when I built your horsemanship, the sort of, I've got a little online program that I run and 
and my philosophy with with all of that is basically keep learning if if there's a new idea because there's so much so many great ideas out there and i don't know them all but you know every now and again i'll come across somebody who's doing something i go that is brilliant you know you take a bit of that and you know someone might see what i'm doing and they'll take a bit of that and it's you know that that melting pot is what needs to happen a lot more i feel yeah absolutely i think but sometimes people can get in the the habit of doing it their way and getting better at their way yeah. but i think your point about just looking outside and seeing what else is there is so important you're absolutely right well you need to because those people that have their way of doing it and their program which is fine but you will come across horses that don't suit that yeah true and then yeah. and then what do you do yeah yeah found yeah myself. absolutely that's where i found myself a few times you know i'm, I'm here i've got a horse that I need help with. I'll call somebody up, or you know, what am I, you know, over the years, and and you know, you saw, oh, okay, I can work this, and I'll persevere with that, and I need mm. to do it for a bit longer or a little bit less, and you know, all this sort of thing. So yeah. because you're dealing, you're not dealing with a robot. You're dealing with things that, you know, they're all different, and that's you know, there's little nuances that you learn to sort of pick up as you go through. And you've your experience and all of your, um, I guess, continuous experimentation and curiosity. You, you've you brought that into. We've read you've got to process the more for process, and that's how you would how you'd um, kind of pronounce it. But what what is the kind of general what are the general findings? Tell us a bit more about that process that that you it's, bring to bear. So so more for is it? Is it? Am I right in calling it an acronym? Sort of thing? yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's just something I, I've got a I've not got the greatest of memories. I'm more of a here and now person. <laughs> <laughs> and um so you know, and I and I but I'm big on teaching and trying to get pe- things to stick. So I'm sort of coming up with these training processes and there's pressure release and all that sort of thing. But I it's more I think pressure release, all those those ideas. I wanted to be a it, to be a little bit more descriptive, a little bit more involved and I started coming up with some words that describe the training process of animals or, or, or humans or, or whatever, whoever. Um, and, and I've sort of turned it into a little formula or an acronym, which I call more for. Um, so that, that the MO in more stands for motivation. So it's just to jog people's memory. So they sort of, yeah, if I'm teaching someone, they, they remember this, this process. So the MO stands for motivation. So before you can get a a horse or an animal to do anything, there has to be a motivating factor. Mm -hmm. You have to produce energy. Now that energy will produce movement. So I would call that movement a response. So now we get into the RE, so RE4. So there's four um, REs of response. And then you'll get... um, from that response, you'll get a result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you'll release. Yeah. Let, let Allow the horse to reflect. And then you repeat. And that forms a training process. Fantastic. So those, uh, there's just, they're just words. And obviously there's a lot of technique involved in that. But if you can sort of so go, go through that sort of process, then you'll find that you'll be able to train you know, horses, yeah. animals, yeah, yeah. People, people even. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I think I'm um, yeah, scribbling that down because actually it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? 
Yeah. yeah. And, and really easy to remember. Yeah, well, I yeah, I get, I get the REs mixed up a little bit, but it's just it's just something that's a little bit more, okay, I'll go through this process. Instead of just saying pressure and release, yeah. this just gives you a little bit more detail on that on that sort of idea. Yeah, and the reflect bit, is that just giving the horse a bit of time? Oh, well, the, the reflection is, so you, you teach a horse something by doing it. Yeah. But a horse learns when you leave them to process. So reflection is that process time. Yeah. And then obviously to we want things to be automated with our horses. So you need to repeat a process a number of times before yeah. that before that thing that you're trying to teach your horse becomes automated and becomes really fluent. Yeah, it becomes a habit. Yeah, yeah it becomes a habit, exactly. Amazing. Hmm. And we're super excited that you're going to be one of the experts at Horse Fest, the festival next year. In fact, we were so excited you were coming this year. We couldn't wait to sit by the campfire <laughs> and hear some more stories. But next yeah. year it will be. Um, and you're also going to be running some webinars for us, um, for Horse Tribe. Um, have you got, can you let us know some of the highlights that you'll be covering um, either with Horse Tribe or, or at the, um, the festival? Um, well, I, I was almost going to put it out to your Horse Tribe people. Because I, you don't know the audience that you're sort of talking to. So I always like to get a little bit of, you know, what, what do they, what, what would they want to know? What do you guys out there want to know? Because, you know, there's so much um, stuff to sort of to go over. I mean, I get people that want to know about pushy horses and some techniques to, to deal with that and, um, and horses that nap or they, you know, for, for, the, for the leisure rider, they get these little problems that, you know, how do I overcome these so I can sort of really enjoy my horse? So I'll, I'll be covering almost certainly some of those sort of problem issues. And, um, you know, I've got some philosophies and, and different bits and pieces that I might cover as well. My my newest one, which is hot off the press, as I say, Ooh. I'm always, but I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but I call it, yeah, it's quite cheesy, but I, I thought it was quite clever as well. I call it psychology. Oh, <laughs> so it's so it's the it's the psychology of a circle and how it affects your horse okay oh i'm fascinated oh, already i'm fascinated so stay tuned it's oh fun. can we have a little bit more of a tease maybe <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't want to give a the game away. Mm. well uh, well say um if you think of everything you do with a horse as being on a circle it's cyclical uh, movements flow much better you know straight lines go on forever and sometimes that can be a problem where circles can be made bigger and smaller and give you control however how you ride a circle where you apply forward or not can have a big effect on where your horse might want to go and, and 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 where they want to be and you can apply this in groundwork lunging with um spooky horses with all sorts of problems and it's just understanding the how a horse's mind works and how you can affect a horse just using a, a simple circle oh i'm excited okay. to find out more we'll be tuning yeah. in for sure have so we got something is this an, that, that i look at at the, at the at horse yeah. Fest. Yeah. yeah is this an exclusive can we say that this is yeah i've never said that word before in my life <laughs> oh, <amazing. laughs> oh my god we've got an exclusive <laughs> outside of these walls yeah i'm sure there's other, other professionals we just like, what's he talking about now but again <laughs> again these things are uh 
you know, for me, I come up with these ideas and, and I'm thinking, how can I make this palatable? How can I teach it? So you come up with words that might just stick. And, yeah. then, and then suddenly, you know, that people can, you know, apply it even under pressure because it's funny when you're riding horses and you, you think, what was that thing you were talking about? All I can do now is just tighten up. <laughs> I can't even breathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, the basics go out the window. So, you know, you just need things, little, little anchors that get people back and start thinking about what they're doing. And um, talking of sort of exclusives, we were a horse festival was going to happen this year, and unfortunately, it's postponed to next year. We were we're having a bit of an exclusive of you and Charlie covering a subject that you haven't covered for quite a long time: the meeting of of minds. And and but you are going to be out there this autumn winter, aren't you? Together. So, yes. Yeah. So, Go on, on. Tell our audience a bit about that because this is really <laughs> exciting. Yeah, so we've just, um, so I've known Charlie, funnily enough, since that World Cup, Charlie was just, just I think he was fresh out of uni, you know, on his way with his psychology, with his performance psychology. And um, he came and did a little bit of work with our team. And I was just fascinated because it's, you know, obviously, and I could see huge links between um, how, how horses work and the psychology with horses and and humans and obviously there's there's such a there needs to be a sort of symbiotic sort of relationship with with both the psychology with horses and with humans and humans need to understand how their being affects horses and if we can sort of control that the 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 how how you meet a horse's mind um, it can make such a difference. But way back then, we just used to talk. You know, we'd have a few beers and talk. And we've just become friends over the years. And, and you know, this talk turned into Meeting of the Minds, which we did probably five or six years ago. And Charlie set up his own business um, and doing doing really well. And I've, I've done mine and we sort of caught up a while ago and said, let's do it again. So this autumn, we're, we're, we're really going to dive into the psychology of how how you how you as a human being and and really understanding yourself and then that connection how how it can influence your horse and and i'll be talking a little bit about going through some processes with horses and and how i am with horses and get some you know some other people maybe involved and 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 go through some some ideas on how to improve just your mental state and the effect that that can have sounds fascinating yeah Yeah, really really great yeah, it's it's funny that, the, you know, we talk about muscles and all that sort of thing and, and um, you know, the horse's body, but, you know, the mind for human and horses is the overarching sort of thing, you know. So if we can understand that, yeah, it, it can be huge. Absolutely. Yeah, totally fascinating. Very fascinating. And I'm a psychologist, so I find it even more fascinating. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you work with riders at all, and horses at all levels, don't you? If, you? if you've got some success stories that might be interesting for our leisure audience to find out about. So things that have you know, really worked well when you've applied your, your craft. Um, success stories. You know, I did, I did have a little think about this. And I, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with some 
with some horses that have gone on to do great things in dressage and and um, you know eventing. I've got some young eventers out now, and 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 I've seen horses doing really well with with, with their competition stuff, which which is always great. Um, but generally speaking, I'm starting them, or I might. <clears throat> I get some professionals come to me with horses that are having their five or six-year-old years. So when I say that, it's, it's quite common for particularly quieter horses when they're started, <laughs> excuse me, to, to spend their, their, their early years just loving life and being really easy and doing it all well. And, and then they get to a point, about five or six-year-old, where they get asked to try a little bit harder. And then for those horses, like, what do you mean? I've been having a great time hacking out and, you know, doing some basic dressage and jumping a few little poles and things. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, so, and now you want me what to engage and, you know, really push over this fence and, and you can get some objection to that um, while a horse is learning how to use their body. <coughs> Excuse <laughs> you were right there. <laughs> I just got frogging myself. I'm going to go and get some water. Sorry. No worries at all. <clears throat> you might have to cut that one out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I get I get a few horses that sort of start stopping and they're, you know, they're not and I just there's a few little techniques that you can use to uh to get them through those problems. And then once they learn how to go and come into the contact and, and use their body you know, more effectively, you know, they just go to the next level and on they go. So I've, I've helped with a few horses that have been blocked mm. at that stage, but it is just a stage a lot of the time. Uh, that's but, very reassuring, Jason, because I've got one of those. Have you? Yeah. I mean, he just turned six two weeks ago, bless yeah. him, and, and now planting is his favourite thing. It is more common than you know. Oh, well, that's common. really good to hear. And, and, and I will say, you know, it sometimes comes about because, you know, they're asked a few more questions and the horse goes, oh, I can't quite handle it or, you know, there's you know, whatever. There's just miscommunications there and needs to the process needs to be looked at and mm. or a few little outs just while your horse sort of, oh, I can't quite understand, but okay, I can come out here and I'll have another go and, oh, I get it. You know, horses have to go through that a little bit. Yeah. But other times horses can be caught in a, stuck in a rut so they get in this routine you know they've been hacked out we do this once a day and we go go out of the drive we go left and you know there's my hack and we do a little bit of school for 20 minutes and okay great but then you think right you've done really well, well this time we're going to go out the out the drive and we're going to go right says, hang on i don't go right i go left they say start forming they so they there's they, there's a passive takeover that sometimes riders don't even realise. You're in the school, you work for your 20 minutes. Next thing you know, your horse is down tools and say, well, I've done my 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> and it starts sort of, you know, you've got to keep, keep your horse sort of on it a little bit in terms of, you know, horses love routine and they become really settled in a routine. But, you know, if you take them out of a routine or they're not used to sort of, moving on then you know you, you it becomes it can become a block mm. 
That, I love that expression, a passive takeover. <laughs> I've not heard that before. That happens in the human world too. But yeah, that's, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. that's yeah. a really brilliant <clears throat> phrase for suddenly what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You don't know it, but I'm in control now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I can, yeah, I can hear the relief in Heidi's voice that yeah. she is not alone in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I come across that quite a bit. But I suppose going back to your original question, the success stories, um, probably my biggest success stories when those horses come to you, it's last chance saloon. Oh, and yeah. you're, able, you're able to, you know, this horse needs to be shot, it's like this, it's that, it's dangerous. And funnily enough, they are <laughs> dangerous. Some of the ones, I mean, yeah, I had a horse called Evo. He was about a 16-2 um, warm blood cross colored horse oh my god when he barked you just could i couldn't ride him i can ride i can ride some bucking horses or i have done and um and this horse when he decided it was time you just i just couldn't ride him <laughs> and he he went to the point of me throwing himself on the ground a couple of times wow and um yeah and i you know i just persevered i applied my techniques i was a little bit more careful Yes. After the, after the first time I got, um, I tasted the dirt, and uh, and yeah, I I got in there, and he was, he, you know, that was that was huge, and I just didn't think I would. Brilliant. And uh, I think he's still going, and they're still riding and going, going fine. I had another little pony called Bear. He was he was from Ireland, and he was such a worried little horse. And I get a few of these little horses, a few horses from Ireland that come over with this sort of, they've got a little worry about, about them. They sort of look back. Mm. And it, it's such a difficult thing to, to remove once they, once they have it in them, I've found over the years. And uh, this is one of the first horses that I'd come across that had this problem. And uh, again, it took me about three or four months and you know persevered and had a few sort of whoa moments but managed to get him through to the point where now i think he's a kid's pony oh, oh so, amazing. so you know and i just yeah no I, I don't know whether he's still going actually he must be old now but you know those sort of stories or those sort of things are just great you know and there there is a slight ego thing to it as well you know i'm you know i'm not going to deny that i get something from it but there's that sort of also slightly altruistic, well, not altruistic, but it's, it's that I've done something for, for, for this horse that's otherwise, you know, and owner that's otherwise would, wouldn't be. And, well, it sounds like know. a win-win. Yes, um, absolutely. Either way. And, yeah. and actually links in nicely to our next question, which is because these stand incredibly memorable horsey moments. But what, what would you say if you have to pick, and we're going to make you, um, what, <laughs> what's been your most memorable horsey moment so far would you say uh, I probably would have to say the last World Cup I played in I would say mm. yeah I just I just had I had one of those well it was it was just you couldn't believe it so when you play at World Cups you're giving you're given a pool of horses random pool of horses each country so you have to sort of go in and sort of find horses that suit certain riders and and um, gel and then go and play these horses. And 
you draw these pools out of a hut, so it's all fair. No, no one can get a better pool or a worse pool or whatever. And uh, we drew our pool, and it had two of my dad's horses in it. Oh wow! <laughs> you would not believe it. And um, and those are the two horses that end, I ended up riding at the oh. last World Cup. Oh, so amazing! It was, How exciting is that? It was just it was just pure chance. And anyway. I ended up having uh, a really, you know, I just came out of that tournament feeling like I played well. I think we came fourth or might have even been fifth this year. I can't, can't remember. Um, but, yeah, we, but, but it just felt, you know, in terms of performance, it was just, you know, things clicked a little bit. And, and I was riding my dad's horses. He won some prizes. And it was just one of those amazing moments where the stars align a little bit. Ah, that sounds wonderful. Back in Australia, riding your dad's horses at the yeah. World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get much, much better. better. No, yeah. exactly. No, it's just one of those things. So, yeah, that's probably that's, that's probably the one. That's the one. Fantastic. And um, we'd like – you must have a whole host of funny stories. And I know you can't name names. You can do that in your autobiography in the, in a few decades' time. But there must be <laughs> – Next year. No, oh, next year. Brilliant. No, no. I'll have a I'll give it a few copy. more years, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us a clean but funny story. That'd be great. <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah. What do you want? A horsey story? Um, normally horsey, but if, but yeah, <laughs> if you've got something funny that's non horsey, we're, we're well, game. <laughs> well, no, I, well, well, we'll, we'll keep, we'll, we'll stick, we'll stick with the horse, horse thing. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so, what have I got? Yeah, I, I really rack my brains, and all I can think of is some slightly scary stories. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, well, there there was this. I, you know, I'd been starting for about starting horses profession for about five years, and and then we had um, I got my first uh, mule to break in. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah, they they they're here. <laughs> 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 who let them in yeah. <laughs> anyway I thought well you know this this will be interesting anyway I'm going through the process of starting starting this mule and it, it is quite challenging they've, they've got a bit of a mind of their own and I have a round pen that I work in mm-hmm. and um and so I think right I've got I think I've got him good enough to be able to to, to take him out out into the arena and I take him out of the arena and I take them on a hack so and I have this thing that I tell everybody when you when you ride a horse and you go through a gateway, always turn back on the gateway to to teach your horse, go through, turn, and just it stops any rushing yeah. through gateways. So I said, I said, okay, just can can you just open the gate and I'll bring I'll bring this bring the mule out and he sort of wanders out and I go to turn him. <laughs> and I th- you know, I thought I'd taught him to turn. And literally he he turned and I just held and he just bolted with me <laughs> but in a walk what <laughs> i could not control this little he just got out he was just a, it just he just kept walking i said turn, turn and he just kept walking towards the gate i got to the gate and he just stood there and i've got this you know I'm, i've got some pressure on him. no i don't have to pull too hard he's not doing anything necessarily wrong i just had uh, I could have got off him and just 
stopped him. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's got to the gate and I've just stood there and I stood there for, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'm just standing at the gate and he's just, he's almost gone to, he's just standing there, just completely chilled and just not doing what I'm asking him to do. And about, for about five minutes and everybody's up on the yard just laughing their heads off at me. I'm just, and then eventually he just decides, okay, I'll go that way then, which I taught, I taught him to do it. And he wandered off and he never, he was fine. Never, never he, this, this was to the right. I was asking him and he always went that way after that. But this one time he just, I was bolted within a walk. So that's really funny. I mean, it was, it was probably one of those things you had to be there, but everybody's just like, what are you doing? Like, I can't do anything. Out of control. Yeah. Look yeah. at me out of control in slow yeah. motion. Yeah, oh my God. It was literally like that. I could have jumped oh. off. I reckon if I had jumped off and tried to stop him, he probably wouldn't have listened either. He just, <laughs> just he was going. He just, he just got set. That's where I'm going, and that's it. So and he anyway. has literally embodied the phrase stubborn as a mule. Stubborn yes. as a mule, exactly. He literally was, yeah, to type. But oh. anyway, he, he ends, I think they're the owners, he ended up turning out to be a, to be a great little riding, riding mule, and away he went. So. Yeah, but boy, oh boy, it was a challenge, yeah. But I had, I had one other one, which, um, yeah, I, so I, I, I just remembered this one. This was, this was, <laughs> Go on. This is, a, this is a, what you call a learning experience. So I, I go out to load this horse, and I, I loaded a few horses, and, it, you know, it was, it was in the early, earlier days, I loaded a few horses, and I thought, yeah, I can load horses. You know, I've been pretty, pretty successful up, up to that point. Anyway, I got to load this horse. I think his name was Jack, I think. Um, there's lots of those, so you'll never find out who that was. <laughs> and, and anyway, um, I said, okay, well, let, let's have a look at him. I started lunching around. Anyway, I led him up to the led him up to the horse box, and I said, right, Jack, come step up. And so I, my technique is, you know, I, I offer direction and then I add energy. I just tap with a whip until I get a forward step and that sort of thing. So I said, come on up, Jack. And then I just reach down with the whip. I give him, and I only ever show them whip. I give him a little tap. And um, I give him a little tap and he just turned. And it was a bit the same as the mule. He just turned his head, locked, and then just went. But he, he went not awesomely fast. But fast enough, can you, do you know what it's like when you're sort of running and you're being pulled and it's just too fast <laughs> just, he can't for you to run? But at the same time, you can't let go. <laughs> and it's on this ground. The ground was awful. It was wet. You know, we're in England, of course. And <laughs> over I go. But I am, uh, I am not letting go. I'm, oh, no. And you I were water skiing. I was, yeah, on my, on my stomach. <laughs> oh. How long did you how long did you keep hold for, Jason? I went I went I went for about twenty yards, I think. Oh, ouch. Yeah, yeah. I went for about twenty yards. And uh, yeah, he he got away. So it was highly oh. highly un unsuccessful thing. But I, I learned a lot and I looked over my shoulder and they were they were sniggering at were they me. Howling? Was, yeah. And so so yeah, the the yeah, here's this here's this horseman that's gonna sort my horse's loading problem. I, I Needless to say, I did adjust, and we did end up getting him loaded by the end. But the big learning point from that that little story was: a ground, don't do it on on slippery wet ground. For, yeah. And and b ask questions. Has your horse ever 
bombed off with you before because, <laughs> yeah. because but when I got back to the trailer, they said, oh, yeah, that's what he does. Thinking, Great, yes, that would have been nice to know before. Oh, so, no. Yeah so, uh, yeah, so I've had, you know, a few epic fails, I suppose you could say. But Every day is a school day. Eh? Yeah, yeah, every day is a school day. So I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of other stories of sort of. We've just got you warmed up, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, more yeah, falls first to the campfire. Yeah, yeah. you know, when, when you get around the campfire, then, you know, you, 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 you tell a lot of stories and you make a lot of stories as far as that. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, and well, one last question before we have to oh, have to leave and, and stop this fabulous um, oh. chat. But and we always ask our experts to pass on a relatable top tip to our horse tribe. Um what was it that you'd like to share? Um, uh, what can I share? Oh, okay. So, um, so if you're having trouble with a horse, the, the biggest tip I can give is stay focused on where you're going. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds so simple. Yeah. But you'll be amazed when, when you're in a situation how – your horse will make a decision about going this way or that way and you will look that way. Right, got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The instant you look that way, you hand over control and, and your horse is now lost because yeah. you're no longer, when you focus and you, you sort of ride to a point. So I say, if you've got a spooky object, look past it and ride at that point. And it's not going to look pretty, but you're you're going to be your body and what you're doing is going to be offering something positive and proactive and anything else is going to be you know slightly contracted and where are you going to take me horse mm. and that so so that's a big one if you're having trouble with your horse i love that yeah i love it really easy to apply and yeah, yeah. but you're not- absolutely right you see something, think, oh my God, the horse is going to be scared. Yeah. And then, of course, the horse is going to be scared because you've just told it about the object. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't, don't focus on the object. Go past yeah. it. That's what yeah, we really yeah. want to do. And Brilliant. if your horse does decide to go left, well, if you start looking left, then your body and everything about you says, go that way. Yeah. And so you, you, your horse goes, I knew I was right to be scared and go to the left. <laughs> 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 you know, and that's, and, and you know, so and that can sort of escalate and that sort of thing. And mainly it's, you know, when you leave a void in your mind yeah. because, you, because you're not thinking about what you need to do, then suddenly the what-ifs come flooding in. Mm. And that's where you start looking over your shoulder. Where am I going to land? Is my horse <laughs> going to bolt with me? You know, it's, yeah, that's what, that's what can happen. So that's my big one. And also it's not a – in those sort of situations, it's not about the how. It's about, no. the, it's about the where. Okay. Where am I going? Not how am I getting there? Not yet. Worry yeah. about that once you once you got the where. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to apply those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other one, uh, that, that's for if you're having trouble. If you're looking to advance your horse, and and I'm talking, I'm not talking high level stuff, but I I had a lesson the other day, and this resonated with the person I was giving a lesson to. Vanessa won't mind me saying, um, but um, give the front room to move. And focus on riding your horse's hind legs. Yeah. Mm. So mentally think about riding, not your horse's hind legs. And that's what your body should be doing and your hands are allowing the the front to travel. It's funny how that sort of thinking down into your horse like that can can make a difference to your schooling. 
Yeah, it's kind of opened the door. I'd like you to go there and then let's step through. Yeah, yeah. and it's what it does to your body. Yeah. You're now not think- you're, you're now thinking about riding, getting back and getting your horse's hind end to work. And then you sort of start to control. Anyway, it's something that, that, that really resonated. But it's yeah. like a lot of things that you're teaching. If you get the right information at the right time, it hits a mark. But you can get the right information at the wrong time and it won't quite work. Yeah. So there's yeah. lots of that. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Anyway. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah brilliant. Some top tips to apply this weekend until such time as we have more information on circle. Psychology. 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 Oh, we'd like to say a huge thank you for joining us today, Jason. We've had a lot of fun as well as learned a lot. Um, But please tell our listeners where they can find out more about your horsemanship and your work, um, Facebook, Instagram, website, etc. Go, go, go. Well, Your Horsemanship is the name of the business. We've got, we've got a website. We're on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Um, you know, I have a membership site. I've just actually, I think I do demonstrations virtually now. So I've got one coming out tomorrow evening um, for members, unfortunately. Um, so if you're not, you know where to go. And, you know, I do webinars and things as well for, for, for members and things. But every Tuesday, if you're interested in seeing what I'm up to week on week, I do a Tuesday check-in at 11 o'clock. So, yeah, where where on social media and and we do that on facebook by the way if you're wondering where we are so some people are not into facebook but those of you that are that's where you'll find me perfect brilliant thank you jason it's been absolutely fab to hear about the person behind the expertise and we cannot wait um for you to be doing some webinars with us um, and also to see you next july at horse fest it's going to be so, so much thank fun. you oh it's going to be so much fun and so don't, much we, we fun. got the dancing by the fire fire you guys promised Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we need your playlist. I, I'm, I'm in if you're in. I'll get the playlist. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and maybe, actually, it'd be interesting to see your playlist and Charlie's playlist individually and let's see how different they are. Well, be interesting. <laughs> well at the meeting of the Minds tour, we might, we might bring out our, our own little personalities, a little bit of okay. what, what, what we've got. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that one as well. We will. We're gonna, well. we're going to be there. Yeah, yeah perfect. we're going to come and watch. Yeah, excellent. Oh, All right, thanks. guys. Thanks, Jason. Thanks yeah. so much for having us. Yeah. Oh, thanks, oh, thanks you. so much. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Horse Fest podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and share it with your horse tribe. Keep tuning in for more episodes with elite riders, equestrian experts, and special guests.